You are listening to Electric Bike Radio. Welcome to episode one of Electric Bike Radio. I'm Jared and this is Dwayne. Hey, Jared. I'm excited to be here for our first episode of this new podcast. I am also excited for our first real podcast. So with this new podcast, we already have a lot of topics, things that we want to cover. But Jared, we decided to start at the beginning for this episode and talk about why electric? That's a question you and I both faced recently. You know, I bought my electric bike about a year ago. You've, you and your lovely wife have both gotten into it recently. And we have a lot of interesting things we've looked into over the past few years. Yeah, and certainly electric bikes are all the rage right now. You know, I was just reading that, uh, you know, bicycle purchases and bicycle use is way up anyway. They were saying that since the pandemic, that bicycle sales are up like 65% between 2019 and 2020, but according to the New York, New York Times, they're saying that electric bike sales rose by 145% in the same period. So even though bike popularity is up generally, electric bike popularity is way up. You know, and I believe it too. Uh, you and I went on a ride recently, and I've been on a few trails recently, and it just seems that the numbers of electric bikes have just gone up just in our neighborhood. So um, those numbers don't surprise me at all. But again, so we're, we're asking this question, why electric? And I want to clarify, at least for this episode, we're not really saying why bikes. We got to believe that everybody who's listening is, is interested in bikes. And that's a different topic, why bikes? But we want to talk about why would you choose an electric bike over a traditional, you know, solely human powered bike? And maybe we need to start by saying, uh, Jared, what, what is an electric bike? Right. I think we need a definition. You know, I would say an electric bike is something that may or may not look like a traditional bike, but usually usually does in some sense. You, uh, two wheels and, and some pedals. Um, I think it's important that the pedals are something that's, that are actually used to propel the bike. They're not just an accessory for legality purposes like a moped. No, it has to be something where it's actually a bicycle with a motor more so than a than a dirt bike or something that happens to have pedals that you'll never touch. Yeah, you mentioned moped, and I think that's interesting because that was a big thing uh, back in the you know, late 80s, early 90s. I had a moped. I had a Tomos brand moped when I was in, in college. And the whole point of a moped, it was a small, you know, underpowered motorcycle that had pedals on it only for legal compliance issues, right? The the pedals allowed you to not need a motorcycle plate for it and not need insurance. But the truth is nobody ever pedaled a moped. They were way too heavy. You could never get around that way. Maybe you use the pedals to start it, but the pedals were just there uh, because of the law. And, you know, there's a lot of electric bicycles that are, that kind of toe that line between, between moped and, and electric bike. I'm thinking like the bikes like the Super 73s and things like that, where you're sitting way back on something that resembles almost like a banana seat and pedaling is not the primary mode of, of propulsion there. But I think you can still reasonably pedal those and actually get a little bit of exercise. And, and the, the pedals are more than just a, a tack on you know, on those bikes. Yes, there's definitely a range in, in how uh, accessible an electric bike is by pedaling, but at some fundamental level, at least the electric bikes we're talking about 
people do pedal them. Right. And then our last quality of an electric bike is the most obvious, uh, an electric motor and a battery to, to power it. So um, this is electric bike radio. So when we talk about why do we choose an electric bike over, over a traditional pedal-powered bike, given this some thought, and I think it really has to come down to you want to ride faster or you want to ride further than you can on a traditional bike. You know, it, it makes it easier. That's really all that a electric bike has over a traditional bike. It's easier, right? It's easier to go faster. It's easier to go farther. I think that's a fair way to do it if you're going to try to break it down into its elements. Well, so let's dig a little bit deeper than that and try and get to a, you know, a meaningful answer uh, as to why you would want electric. So maybe the thing to do is to talk about our own experiences. It's a little bit, uh, Jared, why is it that you originally chose to buy an e-bike and why did you buy the one that you purchased? So when I bought my e-bike, I was trying to choose between two very different bikes. I either wanted a folding e-bike, something that could go anywhere, be stuck in a trunk or something and be that last mile solution plus just a fun ride anytime I wanted to hop onto it because it's always around. On the other hand, I've moved a lot closer to where I work, but as long as it's not absolutely pouring, I could very easily hop onto an electric cargo bike and go do my grocery shopping. There's a new grocery store nearby that I like quite a bit. There's, I can get to work. I can go to my other job. I can go pick up my daughter at school. Um, that was a big thing I looked at too. So ultimately all those images went through my head. I'm like, I could picture my daughter plopping the helmet on her head, hopping onto the back of my, my electric cargo bike and, and cruising home on days that my wife had to work late. And, and that kind of won out. It's just, just the vision of that. So I purchased a Radwagon 4. I purchased it at the very beginning of the pandemic. I'm one of those people who I used the pandemic as my excuse to finally get the bike that I wanted, which I'd been looking at for like a year or two. I'd been trying to both both decide what I wanted and convince my wife it was a wonderful idea to spend money on a bike. So I, I purchased the bike back then. I bought it when it was... Um, I had to pre-order it, but you could get them back then. It was right before the the real, um, the real difficulty in getting them in the pandemic, and and I rode the heck out of it, and I love it. Um, except for a brief three months with a broken leg in the middle, which had nothing to do with the bike. Um, I've been riding it often and frequently, and I do. In fact, uh, my daughter, seven years old, hops on the back, and we go for rides. I've also adapted her little trailer bike to the back of it. And, um, so she can pedal along if she wants. And if she gets tired, she can hop on the, on the back. And, uh, I do some grocery shopping with it, maybe not as much as I'd like, but I'm, I'm working towards it. And, uh, yeah. So those are all the reasons I end up with my, my rad wagon. So Dwayne, how about you? Unlike you, I really don't use my electric bike as a, as a part-time car replacement at all. Uh, it's just where we live you know, there's decent access to trails and places to ride from here, but it's not that close to uh, shopping. Uh, it's certainly not uh, close to work for me. So for me, it's different. Because I've, I've, I've always ridden um, and I have always tried to get my family to ride. And my kids will for the most part, although now they're you know older and, and gone and don't have as much time for, for that kind of stuff. Um, so I've tried to get my wife to ride. 
And, uh, you know, she, my wife had a heart attack, um, a couple of years ago, about two years ago, uh, it's very, you know, one of these unexpected sort of things. She was too young uh, for that to happen, but it did. And that has really affected her ability to, uh, to exercise and to ride. And so we knew some people who uh, got electric bikes and she got an opportunity to ride one. And suddenly sort of a light clicked on her head, which is, you know, I could ride a, a bike uh, if I had this kind of support, you know, if I didn't have to worry that uh, I would get down the street and not be able to get back and that sort of thing. So the, the electric bike has given her the confidence to try and get out and do some riding, you know, with the knowledge that she has an electric motor that will help her get back home. So that's really been it's been huge for her uh, to get her sort of back outside, get her exercising and at first I thought, well, she'll just ride the electric bike and I'll keep up with her on my, my hybrid bike. And then I found out that that's not so easy to do. <laughs> that's definitely wishful thinking there, Dwayne. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, ultimately, uh, I wound up getting an electric bike to keep up with her uh, and so we can ride together. So so that, that's really our story. Uh, that's what, you know, I've had an interest in electric bikes for a long time, but that kind of pushed us over the edge. So what bike do you have? What what did you end up with? So we wound up, both wound up with uh, uh, the same bike. She bought a uh, Pedego Boomerang, uh, which is, you know, Pedego is a, a, a particular national brand of bikes that has local stores. Uh, that was one thing that was attractive to us is to have a local dealer with local service. But in particular, the Boomerang um, is, you know, um, we used to call men's bikes and women's bikes right now. And well, now we call uh, what we used to call a woman's bike. We call a step through frame, right? Because the frame is, is low enough that you can lift your leg through the middle of the frame instead of swinging your leg over the seat. Well, the Pedego boomerang is what they call a walk through frame. Literally the frame is so low that you can step through it, you know, sort of barely lifting your, your foot off the ground. And that was important to her because she has had some physical issues that follow, uh, follow the heart attack. And so it makes it much easier for her to mount the bike. So as soon as she saw that frame style of bike, she knew that was what she wanted. And so really the frame style of the bike is what sold us, uh, initially. And then we wound up, you know, liking the rest of the bike and that's, that's how we got there. And it really is an amazing looking bike. It's a, we, we talked at the beginning about how electric bikes often look like traditional bikes, but I would say I've never seen a traditional bike that looks like your bike. Yeah, no, that is, you know, it's one of the cool things about electric bikes is they look like traditional bikes in a, in a abstract sense, but so many electric bikes have, uh, you know, they sort of throw out that model for various reasons. And, uh, yeah, the, the boomerangs are a great looking bike, but you know, let's face it. We, we both have practical, uh, explanations, right? You're doing some commuting, you're doing some car replacement. Uh, we're doing some more, you know, fitness and health related concerns, but. And yet at the same time we get together and we go on rides on trails and both of our bikes work perfectly well for that purpose. Let's face it, right? It's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, we have very practical reasons to have electric bikes, but we also have a lot of fun with them. And that is a valid reason to buy an electric bike is to, to get out and to 
you know, be, have the, you know, the enthusiasm and the encouragement to get out on the trail and ride a bike because it is a lot of fun. It's, it's, you can travel more distance. You can see more things. You can ride at a higher rate of speed. That's especially nice in summer yeah. in Florida to get a little bit of a breeze. And it's a little bit, you know, it's only as much work an electric bike as you want it to be. And so that's great. And I think, you know, just having fun is a very valid reason to buy an e-bike. As much as we both try to convince ourselves that our practical reasons are the primary reason, I really think getting out there and having a blast on something that makes bike riding more fun than it is without, it, it was really the primary reason for both of us. Yep. And, you know, another reason and one that I didn't fully appreciate until I bought an e-bike is that there is a community of e-bikers. And obviously, we're trying to appeal to that community with this podcast. But uh, e-bike riders do seem to organize. Um, our area has a number of group rides. Uh, you and I have done one already. Mm-hmm. And we have an upcoming podcast episode. We're going to talk a little bit about group rides. But uh, it's kind of like car nuts who get together for car shows. Uh, electric bike uh, enthusiasts are the same. It's sort of a community of like-minded people who like to get together and look at each other's bikes and talk about uh, e-bike stuff. I didn't think you were going to out me like that, but I told Dwayne before this group ride that we went to the other day, I brought my bike in. I got a couple rags and, and some cleaning solution and cleaned it all up and polished it all up. And And I told him that night, I gave him a call and said, this feels an awful lot like going to car club back in my younger days except it's on a knee bike and it's a little, <laughs> it's a little quirkier, um, but, but also a lot of fun and it took less time. Yeah, it is. And I have that background too. I've always liked cars and always had, you know, at different times I've had cars that belong to car clubs and that kind of thing. It is, you know, it's a similar thing. It's a community of people who are interested in stuff. And, you know, if you are, a little introverted and don't necessarily socialize with people like that. It gives you something to talk about. You show up to an e-bike ride and people want to know what, what's your bike? How long have you had it? How do you like it? You know, it's a, it's a conversation starter. So that's definitely an interesting part of, of buying an e-bike too. So we, we've talked a lot about what made us choose our bikes and what some of the positives are, positives are of e-bikes. We have to admit there are, there are some things that are not great about e-bikes and and they're improving, but, you know, such things like it, it's a limited range that, you know, on an e-bike currently, you're not going to get more than realistically 30 to 40 miles, I would say, on all but the biggest batteries and and whatnot, unless you are really barely using the, the assist. So that's one thing. Yeah, that is true. And that's a very real concern because a lot of these e-bikes are very heavy. Um, they're not nearly as efficient as a non-electric bike. So when your battery is dead uh, and you're out of out of power, um, if you're not <laughs> if you're not home, uh, that can be a that can you can do it. I wouldn't want to ride a sixty pound uh, bike up a hill. <laughs> well, your, yours is sixty pounds. Mine's a little more than that. And I, I have had that experience once where it wasn't that the the battery wasn't big enough or anything. It was just frankly that I'd forgotten to charge it. I'd ridden it for two or three days to commute, and I had forgotten to charge it the night before. And I made it to work and. On the way home, it was it was just done. And the one the closest thing I have to a hill in Tampa is what I came up on just about as the battery was dying. And riding my seventy five pound plus frame, 
plus the stuff I was carrying on it, plus myself. Um, that was a little bit of a struggle getting home until I got back to Flatterland. So that's a real thing. And the other thing that goes along with that is it's not real easy to recharge. You know, there's the, we could talk at some point about the physics of batteries, uh, but there are limits to how fast they can charge. And so if you stop on your e-bike for lunch for 45 minutes, even if you had the ability to plug in your battery and charge it, you don't get a whole lot of charge that quickly. You know, these um, the amp hours of the chargers uh, for the battery health and for all sorts of reasons are, are, are lower. It's not like a Tesla where you can pull into a supercharger station. So, you know, that's an issue. It takes some time uh, to charge. And, you know, in theory, you could carry an extra battery, but boy, those batteries are heavy. A, they're expensive, but B, they're really heavy. So even if you had, you know, it's one of the advantages that, that my wife and I have is that we share a bike that has the same battery. So in theory, you know, sometimes I have a spare battery available, but boy, uh, carting one around is not easy. There are available faster chargers, but no, you're right. Nothing is the equivalent of like a supercharger yet. We're, we're not there in technology on e-bike batteries. That's one thing also is that, you know, they're lithium ion batteries. Usually there is some history of some danger with those. Right. So you, you remember the, uh, the cell phones blowing up on planes a few years ago, um, there's just some danger with it. And a lot of that is based, a lot of that is avoided by the technology they build into the batteries these days. But, you know, if you're ordering online, there are so many suppliers of all these different things you never really know. So um, that's something you have to consider is the safety of the batteries. But, you know, there's other dangers too. Um, you're driving, when you're riding an e-bike, I would say for me, at least often I'm going faster than I would be on a regular bike. Uh, Dwayne, would you agree? Yeah, I think there's a temptation to go faster. I also think, you know, they're heavier bikes, which makes them a little, they don't handle quite as nimbly, maybe as a non-electric bike. Um, they might stop a little, uh, take a little bit more stopping distance. Now, most e-bikes have, have disc brakes and, and stop pretty well, but anytime you've got a heavier bike, there's some handling issues with that. So yeah, I think that there could be, you know, it it could be slightly more dangerous riding an electric bike, but that's, it's really a function of the, of the rider. Right. You know, if you don't fall into the traps of doing things that are more dangerous. It's not really more dangerous, but as a practical effect, maybe it is if you're not careful. It's, it's just, it's easier to ride faster and, and you get accustomed to the speed of your bike pretty quickly. And well, and so as we're, we're, we're working our way down some of the disadvantages, I think another one worth mentioning is that, Electric bikes are more complicated in a way. You know, it's they're not particularly complicated, and it's not that hard to learn to ride one, but it's not like a bike where you just, you know, grab the bike off the wall in the garage and you go. Um, there, there are some more complications. You need to make sure the battery's charged before you're going to go on a long ride. And there's some, there is some learning curve to learning how to use your bike and operate the controls properly and that sort of thing. So it's a minor disadvantage, but for people who just aren't interested in it or don't care to learn, it is a little bit more complicated. Right. And, and, and maintenance as well, you know, just standard maintenance, although electric motors are, are relatively simple. Um, it's a simple system. There's not a lot of parts that really you have to maintain or whatnot, but if something goes wrong, uh, it might be something that your local bike shop doesn't want to touch. Um, 
It might be a little bit harder to get service depending on whether you've bought from a dealer that's nearby that happens to specialize in electric bikes or you've bought online. Um, so there's just some other issues with, with maintenance and upkeep that could rear their, rear their heads, but may not. You know, we didn't hit the number one point, which is the expense of the bike. One of the biggest potential disadvantages of an e-bike or a regular bike, Jared, is is the cost. I mean, we can't overlook that. And I think it's one of the first objections you get from people when you say, oh, you should, you should try an e-bike. They say, oh, those things are expensive. And there is something to that, you know, especially now. I mean, now is a bad time to measure the market because bikes are in such high demand. But uh, it's true. E-bikes are expensive. I mean, even a an inexpensive, I won't say cheap because you can get a good, a nicely built one, but even an inexpensive electric bike from a reputable mail order company, you're talking at least 1200 bucks or so new and probably not a lot cheaper used right now just because the market is so strong. So, you know, bikes are, electric bikes are not cheap. I completely agree. I will play the counterpoint in that regular bikes, if you're buying a nice bike these days are not cheap either. So, there are options all the way up and down the scale. It just seems that the electric bike scale starts a little bit higher. You, you know, you're the bottom of that is like you said, maybe a thousand to twelve hundred, and then goes up pretty quickly from there. Whereas you can get a decent, you know, mountain bike or road bike or whatever for under a thousand. It's not going to be top of the line, but it's going to do what you need it to do, and um, you'll be very happy with it. But you know, road bikes can go up to four or five, six thousand dollars. Mountain bikes, the same thing. And e-bikes are no stranger to that, um, and and can go even higher than that. So, but but I think for most of the people who might be listening to this podcast, thinking about electric bikes, and I, I think just most of the general public at large, an e-bike is generally going to be more expensive than the comparable non-electric bike uh, by a significant margin. Yeah. So, as an example, um, this company called Electra that makes townie bikes. And it's one of the uh, best examples I can think of, of the same bike. They make the same bike in a traditional uh, pedal. You know, it's a, it's a beach cruiser, comfort cruiser type bike. And in the standard, you know, seven speed configuration, it's like maybe a $600 bike in the basic uh, electric configuration uh, with a, hub motor and, you know, not a huge battery is uh, $1,500. So, you know, that's a significant difference where the only real difference uh, in the hardware is the motor and the battery. No, that's a good example. And most often you'll find like a replacement motor might be a few hundred dollars or replacement battery for any electric bike is about $500. So that, that comparison makes a lot of sense. That's about, you, you factor in the you know, the switches in the, in the handlebars and um, the display and the specialized brake levers that have automatic engine cutoffs or motor cutoffs, you know, that, that, what was it about 900 or $1,000? That's probably about the cost of the electrics in most e-bikes. So Jared, I think that probably wraps up our particular thoughts on why to choose an e-bike. I'm sure there are a lot more reasons out there. We would love to hear from listeners to the podcast if they have reasons why they chose an e-bike or maybe even reasons why they didn't choose an e-bike. They can certainly get a hold of us. So if you have any comments or questions or things you'd like us to talk about, 
You can reach us on Facebook and Twitter or email us. Our email address is ebikeradio at gmail.com. And our contact information and links to things that we mentioned in the show are always in the show notes that are viewable on your podcast player or on our website at www.ebikeradio.com. Well, Jared, I sure hope that you have enjoyed this introduction to e-bikes. We have so many more topics that we plan to dig into starting next week. So thanks for listening and stay tuned to Electric Bike Radio.